Hi there, welcome to the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Griffith, and I am so excited to have you here. On this podcast, we talk about all forms of neurodivergence, from ADHD to learning disorders to giftedness to autism and more. If any of that sounds familiar, welcome to Neurodivergent Magic. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, and welcome back to another episode of the Neurodivergent Magic Podcast. I am so excited for you to hear this interview that I have for you today. Today, I am sitting down and talking with Andrea Brame of This Modern Mess, and we are talking all about neurodivergent organization strategies. And I'm telling you, if you have struggled with organization in the past, this is the episode for you. You have got to listen to this. Andrea has some absolutely mind-blowing tips for you. And our conversation was just truly lovely. So please enjoy this interview. Hi, Andrea. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing all right. (laughs) I am super glad to hear that. So for everybody listening, this is Andrea. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do? Hey, yeah, I am a decluttering coach and a professional organizer. And lately I've been starting to specialize more in neurodivergent clients and um, especially those with ADHD because I have a sneaky suspicion I might be ADHD. And so sometimes my particular skill set can help other people who other things haven't helped. So I have um, I have a variety of products that help with that, but I also have a group called the Clutter Fighters on Facebook and we help each other and cheer each other on. That's amazing. So what is that group called? So people can go find it. Clutter fighters, clutter fighters. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yes. (laughs) And pretty much everywhere on social, I'm this modern mess. So this modern mess. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everybody go follow Andrea right away, especially if you are struggling to keep yourself organized. She is so unbelievably helpful. Um, so let's just like jump on into this. What made you decide to go into organizing and decluttering? Oh, I love that question. So I've always been really into organizing in general. I I have always liked putting things in order. Um, My mom tells me when I was a kid that I would take my blocks and I would not build things with them. I would categorize them. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been doing this my whole life, basically. Um, But I'm kind of an oxymoron in that I love order. I love to organize. There is nothing that makes me happier than looking at a shelf that's very um, easy on the eyes and every, you can find everything. And I love figuring out ways to make things easier for people and to work with the life that they have. I like to call it um, making your house work for you instead of you work for your house. Yes, um, I love that. But on the flip side of that, I am scatterbrained. Um, I am forgetful. <laughs> I have a hard time finding motivation and getting started. And uh, I have zero patience for things that aren't quick and easy. So it's kind of putting those two things together and then saying, I know I can't be the only one. And the more I've talked to people, the more I've realized I'm definitely not the only one. And there are lots of other women, especially who um, can kind of have that overwhelming sense of guilt because, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not keeping my house up the way that you know, this person would, or, you know, it's, it it becomes very moral, but also it becomes very just like, you get entrenched in the guilt cycle. So I'm hoping to help myself and other people break free from that and uh, take as 
little time as they feel comfortable with, you know, what, what is the amount of time that you would like to spend on your house and you feel like you can really dedicate to it. And then, okay, let's see how we can set up your house to make that happen. So that's the mode of operation. That is amazing. All of that sounds so unbelievably helpful. Um, something that you said that I would love if you could talk about a little more is the guilt cycle. What exactly is that when it comes to organization and all of that? Oh yeah. Well, again, it really happens. I mean, I'm sure it can happen for anybody, but I feel like it happens, especially for moms, um, or women in general, where there's this expectation placed on us by society that we're the naturally clean and tidy ones. And of course, you know, there's those, um, you, you always hear the story about the wife who's nagging the husband. Well, in all honesty, in our marriage, my husband and I, he's kind of the one who's cleaner than me. <laughs> and so <laughs> like, but you, you're, you, you, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like a lot of times women have it in our, our minds that, I'm supposed to be clean. I'm supposed to be neat. I'm supposed to be tidy. I'm supposed to know how to do this. And right. then when you can't get it done, then that triggers a cycle of, well, I'm worthless. I'm useless. I can't do this. I don't know why I ever thought I could do this. I'm not even going to try to do this. And then you can just sit on the couch and do nothing. And I've been there many, many times. And I don't think I even realized I'm feeling worthless when that happens. But right. It's right. just a society thing. And I think it's an unconscious pressure we put on ourselves that we're supposed to already innately know how to do this. Right. And do you think this is something that just occurred to me? So let me know if you like disagree or anything, but do you think it also has to do with this idea of women like being told that we should take up less space. Like our clutter shouldn't be out and about because we're not supposed to take up space. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, a lot of that, that's a good one. I'm, I'm sure that that certainly could be part of it. Um, I think, I think there's also a strong tendency to have different organizing structures be more acceptable, especially right now it's, um, I I love organizing shows on TV, but they do tend to emphasize the decor and, oh, this looks beautiful. Oh, this is perfect. Um, I I have everything in order, but that's not necessarily what organization is or decluttering is. Um, I like to think of it as making room for the way you live and giving yourself the space you need to live that way. And... (sighs) I think that when we believe that organization only can be gorgeous and only can be behind closed doors and only can be a certain way, whatever that way is, um, if our way isn't that way, uh, for instance, there's some people that they prefer to have everything out in plain sight. Um, And I think that also happens in the neurodivergent community a lot. Like if I don't see it, it doesn't exist. Right. And right. so <laughs> it's really easy. Um, this is a total side note, but it's really easy to overspend on things because you simply don't know you have them already because you've forgotten it's there because it's back in a closet somewhere. Right. And so you end up with way too much tape or way too many, like five staplers, like who needs five staplers, you know, that kind of thing. Um, 
but yet if that same person who obviously is forgetting where things are in their home and then overspending and buying duplicates they don't actually need and then feeling guilty about it later when they find out that they have five staplers, um, they could have just utilized an organizational structure where it was out in the open, you know, open shelving or baskets or bins or like uh, maybe the guilt is over. Well, I never fold my laundry. Well, this is going to be controversial, but who says you have to fold it? Right. Exactly. You know, like, <laughs> if that's not working for you, if that is the one thing that's hindering you from having a tidy home is the act of folding the laundry. Well, maybe you just get started by putting the laundry away and you gradually get to the point where you fold it the way it's easy for you. So I think a lot of it just has to do with to circle back to the, the shame and the um, expectations you put on yourself. It, you have to break that chain of thought that it has to be the specific way. Absolutely. So. Yeah. It sounds like your version of organization and decluttering really focuses on functionality rather yes. than on beauty, which yes. I do think there's something powerful about having a beautiful home, oh, for but, sure. but at the same time, if you can't make your home functional, then making it beautiful is just putting way too much on your plate. Yes, exactly. And there's layers to it. You know, you can go back and make it pretty again later. It doesn't mean that you stick with that particular structure. It's, it's whatever you need right now in this phase of your life. It changes, you know, it changes when you have a young child and it changes when you have a school-age child. And I'm sure I haven't got there yet, but I'm sure it changes when you have a high schooler or a college student, or if you're single, or if you're just a couple or roommates, you know, it, it all depends on what your living situation is and what your preferences are. So Exactly. Okay. So can you talk a little bit more about how to organize things so that you don't forget they exist? I know you mentioned a couple of tools, but like, let's say, uh, something that I know I've struggled with in the past is losing my keys to my car. (laughs) I lose them (laughs) constantly. So like, do you have organizational strategies for like how to help me not lose my keys all the time? (laughs) Yes. Well, the least attractive and most accessible option is obviously a hook right by the door. Okay, right. <laughs> uh, however, if you prefer something that has function and beauty, I highly recommend getting a bowl or a dish or a basket or bin that you like and you keep it in one spot and have a drop zone. So this is the place where you can put your keys, your purse, um, maybe even sh- uh, the shoes that you wear the most, um, be great to have a place that you can put, you know, mail that you you're working through. Uh, but if nothing else, um, like in your foyer or in your garage or wherever it is you enter and exit your home the most, put a dish there or a container of some kind and always place those inside or, or put them on a hook. And it, it should always be where you're going to go in and out so you can see it. Gotcha. What about, um, for some of us neurodivergent people who we tend to create clutter with like trash and stuff, like we, as we do stuff throughout the day, we don't think to throw things away as we do it. Like, how do you keep that organized? I'm still figuring that one out, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) However, I will say trash is the very first thing you need to work on when you're cleaning. If you have no energy for anything else, throw out the trash. And that really will automatically make it look tidier. Because I I definitely have been there with the the to-go cups scattered about and that sort of thing. 
Um, however, and I, I have not, I, I, I will say I have not tried this yet, but I plan to try this. So just throwing that out there if anyone wants to be the guinea pig on this one. <laughs> have multiple trash cans. <laughs> oh my like, goodness, yes. Like, like I, I have one trash can in my kitchen. And the reason I don't throw trash out immediately while I'm cooking is if I'm not next to the trash can, it just goes on the counter. So why do I not have a mini trash can on each counter? Why do I not have a trash can on the side of the couch and by the chair and next to the bed? Like where, where I actually have the trash, why not have an easy place to get rid of the trash as well? Um, to, for an example, I did do this, our family did do this with one thing, our Keurig. We decided that we wanted a Keurig upstairs in our bonus room. Okay. So we put a trash can directly to the left of the Keurig station and we would just, you know, pop in, pop out the little K-cups and throw them in. And it became one motion. And they were always where they were supposed to be. But now we brought them downstairs and the K-cups are piling up next to the machine instead of going into the trash because we don't have that automatic motion. So I think that's the long answer. And the short answer is muscle memory. <laughs> right, right. You've got to have like systems set up that allow for muscle memory to take place. Yeah. Visual That's reminders so if you need it. Um, although we can tend to ignore those visual reminders if they're there too long. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think, you know, think visually, think muscle memory, think easy, the easier you can make it on yourself, the better, um, because and I think my biggest take tip for all of this, no matter whether it's organizing or cleaning or whatever you're doing in your home, really stop and think, what is the bottleneck here? And be honest with yourself because sometimes the bottleneck is an emotion. Sometimes it's a physical problem. Sometimes it's an inconvenience. I have a dresser drawer, for instance, that I don't put my clothes away in as often as I should because it sticks. Now I should wax it or put something in there to help with that. But it's the act of that drawer sticking that is preventing me from following through. And I don't even think about it. It's just, I get easily frustrated and I give up. So really think what is the bottleneck here and then solve that bottleneck and the rest of the solution will flow from that. I think that is the best advice. Oh my goodness. Like that is so smart. And, and I think you're right. Like a lot of times the reason for our bottlenecks when it comes to like organization and stuff, isn't a practical problem. It's an emotion. Yeah. I mean, you could so many things and that's one reason, you know, we've been talking about organizing or cleaning, but that's one reason why decluttering is hard because every time you decide if you need to keep or get rid of something in the simplest terms, you are making a decision and, and the, and clutter is simply postponed decisions. So <laughs> when you have trouble and to bring this back to neurodivergency, when you have trouble with the executive functions required to make a decision, then you have a tendency to put it off. And when you put off the decision, you're just creating more decisions and making your to-do list a lot bigger to the point where eventually you don't want to do it anymore. And you just sort of shut down because there's too much to decide on. And when it comes to decluttering, I find that it's a lot like losing weight. It's a really, really, really personal touchy subject because yeah. 
it's admitting to yourself all the things that you've held on to, all the things that you've not made decisions about that should have been an easy decision for you. And all the things that you overspent on, maybe you were going to remember going into debt and having trouble getting out of that debt because you had an impulse buy problem for a while. Um, maybe it's you feel guilt because people gave you things and, oh, well, I can't get rid of this. Someone so gave it to me. But if it's not serving any purpose in your life, the very fact that they gave it to you was the gift that they thought of you. But it's hard to let go of something like that because, you know, what if they don't see it in my house anymore? What are they going to think of me then? Or, you know, maybe it's the loss of a loved one or a relationship or a situation that caused you pain. And so you're not only avoiding the decisions, you're avoiding the emotions that go along with it. And so it's really important to be very, very kind to yourself and give yourself grace through the process. It might take longer than you think, and that's okay. But after that point, you have to start making the decision to stop bringing as much in and to be very intentional about what you keep in your life. Yeah, I love all of that. All of that made so much sense. The, the idea that clutter is just delayed decisions is mind blowing. Um, (laughs) that is such a helpful way to think about it. And I can just see myself now like creating clutter and stopping to think like, okay, what decision am I putting off and why? Like, why do I feel that I can't deal with this right now? Yeah. And it goes right back to that bottleneck, right? Because that's the thing that's stopping you. I mean, it could be something physical too. You know, maybe you're having a down day. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That can also be part of it for sure. But I do think, I think it's so important, like you were saying, to be intentional about what you're bringing into your life and what you're bringing into each space in your home. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike weight loss, you know, it's once you get past that initial hurdle, it's actually really easy to get rid of pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Take them away. And then you make sure they don't come back, but it's not like eating, you know, it's not like something you have to do. You can, you can control your spending a little bit more or, or ask for experiences for gifts, for instance, you know, maybe tickets to a museum or something. Yeah. Um, Let's dig into that a little bit because the holidays, the holidays are coming up (laughs) and I know that that is such a stressful thing, especially for parents of kids. Like I know my kid has 18 million toys and he plays with straws (laughs) and wrappers. Like he plays with trash. (laughs) So like he doesn't need more toys, but people want to get him something. And so like, what do you recommend for people out there who are, are they, they want to give something meaningful, but they don't want to add to the clutter? Like what can we oh, ask for or what can people give? Yes. yes. Um, well, I do actually have a gift guide that you can get off my website for one. So that's a good one. But to go into that a little more depth, um, my favorite thing, and like you said, like for your son, I think it does depend on ages, but one of my favorite things to ask for, or to recommend that someone provide is if, for instance, there's a children's museum, it's like a science museum or a play area that has like a membership or something like that. That's a really good gift because that gives the opportunity to, um, I know young moms, well, at least myself, I don't know, maybe you don't (laughs) agree with me, but Sometimes you just want to get out of the house. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's a sanity saver. And if you have a place that's already prepaid to go to, that's, that's an easy one to do. 
Um, we have a children's museum here that has activities and a play area. And that was really great when my son was young. And uh, now that he's older, he'd probably be more interested in um, one of the more older kid versions of that. But there's also like art museums if your kid's interested in art. Um, my niece really is into horseback riding. And so one year I contributed to her horseback riding lessons. Um, there's, there's some things that I'm trying to think of things that have zero clutter <laughs> and that's usually a membership or maybe for instance, if you are really close family, maybe offering the gift of time. So say, Hey, we're going to spend the day together you know, and I'm going to go take you places. We're going to have dinner. We're going to have snacks. We're going to have fun, or I'm going to take you to the fair or the ball pit, or let's go on a ropes course or something like that. Something active that you can do with that family member. Um, I've given gifts of memberships to the zoo for like a family gift, since those things can be a little more expensive. Uh, concert tickets, professional or college games, sports events. Um, yeah, really think in terms of tickets, memberships, subscriptions, that sort of thing. Um, tickets, memberships, subscriptions. Mm -hmm. I yeah. love that. Like that is so unbelievably helpful because I know buying for my nephew is so hard because he has every toy imaginable. <laughs> and, yeah. um, I know people want to get stuff for my son, but we have a relatively small house. So there's just not a lot of space for everything. So, uh, yeah. And that, that brings up a good, a good point, the space for everything. Um, I'll finish. I'm going to, I'm going to circle back to that in a second, but I'm going to finish by saying like for the, the gift ideas for the upcoming holidays, there's, there's a couple more kinds of things you can get. And so there's the completely clutter free gifts I just mentioned, but there's also some that, I mean, it is some clutter, but it's not as bad. And it's things that are um, open-ended play toys. Um, a good example of that would be the blocks that I talked about earlier. You know, I didn't play with them and make buildings like my brothers did. My son, he doesn't build a tower. He builds a city. <laughs> and he plans out an entire city in blocks. It's fascinating. You know, my brothers, they just wanted to see how tall it could go and then knock it over. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey, I'm going to put all the squares together. <laughs> so you can use it any number of ways. And those are great toys to have on hand because they last for ages. In fact, the blocks we have in my house were the blocks I played with when I was a kid. Yep. So, yep. I mean, that's Oh goodness. That's like 30 years later and they're still in good use. Um, so stuff like that, that's great investment, uh, building sets, um, open-ended play toys uh, that can even be dolls or anything like that. Those are really great for kids to use their imagination and just grow that way. Um, but then there's also consumables. So if you want to give an item and you really, really just want to wrap something up, <laughs> Give them something that they're going to use and then it's gone. <laughs> Their favorite food. Maybe they really love popcorn. Get them some gourmet popcorn, uh, art supplies, uh, those things that you use and you use and you use again and you use them up and then you need more. So that they're not going to keep those things around forever. They're going to be for a purpose. Um, and then of course, if you really want to get a toy or a gift like that, oh, there's books. Books are great. Um, you know, just try to make it personal. 
So yeah. those are my gift giving tips, but to circle back, I'm probably talking too fast. I'm sorry. No, you are fine. Keep going uh, to circle back to the space. Like you were talking about, um, I, I have this thing that I talk about with the people in my group and in my products and it's a space budget. And so think of your house, like you would your financial budget. So you can't overspend your financial budget without going into debt. Well, if you're finding clutter all around the house, and like you were saying, your son has so many toys and there's nowhere for them to go, you've exceeded the space budget for your house. And everybody's space budget is different. Some people can hold on to way more stuff and they have way more to go through as a result. And some people have to live very minimally just because they're in a studio apartment. Um, but whatever your personal space budget is, your counter, your, your cupboards, your drawers, your storage um, items, that's what you can comfortably take care of. That's what you can comfortably own and not have clutter everywhere. So it's important to take that into consideration with what you bring into your home and what you need to let go of as well. It is harder for kids though. Um, when they're your son's age, how, how old is he again? He is turning two in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's a lot easier. They obviously grow out of the toys very quickly. Um, and then they don't really notice there's 15 toys that are suddenly mysteriously gone unless it's a favorite. My son is seven and I have to be very careful because he knows mom likes to declutter <laughs> and suddenly everything is, no, that's my special paper clip. <laughs> you know? It's like, okay, well, I don't want you to be a hoarder because your mom was a minimalist. <laughs> I will not touch your things without permission. Uh, so it gets a little more difficult once they start taking possession of the items. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me see what else, what else would you want someone to know who is maybe at the beginning of their organizational or decluttering journey and they feel so overwhelmed? <laughs> like Ooh, what would okay. be your first piece of advice to somebody? My first piece of advice is that you need to work on your mindset first. Um, because all of the decisions ahead of you are going to involve that. And you might need to do some deep soul searching on what is holding you back from those things. Um, but after that, the, the best order to go about doing this is to declutter first, because you can organize the crap out of everything, <laughs> <laughs> but you might just be organizing more stuff than you need to. You'll be making more work for yourself. So the most important thing is to edit it down first and then go out and do the organizing. Um, especially if you want to have the prettier organization with the matching containers, you don't want to <laughs> have to buy more than you need or buy the wrong one. So measure, <laughs> measure your cabinets and everything. But um, yeah, start with the decluttering. Start with slowly letting go of things in layers if you need to. Um, the easiest things to declutter are, is trash for most people. Some people that's still hard, but for most people it's trash. So go through, do your trash first. Um, next up would probably be things that you have obvious multiples of and are worn out. And you know, you're not going to keep that ratty t-shirt around anymore unless it has a special memory. And then after that, you can dig a little deeper and start getting rid of duplicates that you do have a function for. 
uh, and save the save the memory items for last because those are going to be the hardest, especially if you have lost a loved one or have gone through some trauma in your past. Um, so it kind of kind of warms you up to the process by the time you get there. And then after you've decluttered an area, you can start organizing it. And after you figure out the function of the room and the space, that's when you can start decorating it. And that's the fun part. <laughs> so, okay, so organize, decorate in that order, but before everything, work on your mindset. Gotcha. Okay. What's like the biggest mindset block that you've seen that people tend to have? Uh, just the overwhelm and not knowing where to start and giving up that feeling of needing to be perfect. Um, mm -hmm. It's really a goal of, of not seeking perfection, but seeking progress. And it, in some ways it's letting go of a very materialistic um, perspective. If you, if you just want an abundance of things, but sometimes it can be because people are coming from a mindset of scarcity and that's really difficult because sometimes it comes from trauma. Sometimes it comes from abuse. Um, for instance, stockpiling food because you didn't have access to it a lot growing up, that kind of thing. Um, it could be because you've gone through periods of poverty in your life or your parents did or their grandparents did. I've seen a lot of people, even in our generation, still following the example of their grandparents who went through the Great Depression. Um, I know mine kept every grocery bag <laughs> just in case <laughs> you didn't waste anything, you know, and so who has a pile of grocery bags under her sink still me, <laughs> I get rid of them. My grandparents never did, but you know, <laughs> it, it, it can be handed down from generation to generation. So, um, yeah, the, the scarcity and the fear of loss, um, those are really big ones. So I would, I would look at those first. And if you don't have those problems, if that's not, that's not what's holding you back, if what's holding you back is you're overwhelmed and you don't know where to start, I will tell you where to start. Start either at your front door or your hall bathroom. Those are the two places, places that have the easiest decisions to make because there's the fewest things. Oh, I and love not that. very many. Um, serious memories associated with walking in the door and laying down your keys or, uh, you know, finding the extra toilet paper in the cabin in the hall bathroom. So, right. Right. Yeah. That totally makes sense. That wouldn't have occurred to me, but as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, done. Those are the two most obvious places to start. So that is what I would suggest. There's all kinds of methods. Everyone has their own way. But if, if someone was to point blank ask me, where do I start? That's what I would tell them. <laughs> so let's say someone's listening to this episode and they are thinking, oh my gosh, Andrea's reading my mind right now. Um, how can I work with her? How, how could people work with you or how could they uh, get more access to things you've created? Oh, okay. Well... Right now, I, I am, have a product called Time to Declutter. It's a toolkit that is available and it has a, a workbook to go through and helps you make your own priorities. If you're not sure that, you know, a set in stone method is for you and you want to come up with uh, taking care of your own roadblocks and your own bottlenecks, then I would recommend Time to Declutter. You can find that um, on my website. 
And also there is the best way to really connect with me is through the Clutter Fighters Facebook group. Uh, that I'm in there and talking with everybody and making suggestions. So if you get stuck, you can go there and it's a very judgment-free zone. We, we're all been there, done that. And uh, if you want quick tips, my favorite place to hang out right now is TikTok and it's this modern mess. And I try to do daily decluttering tips in, interspersed with just sort of mom life humor. So <laughs> That's amazing. So I will include the link to time to declutter in the show notes. So if you all are interested in that, that is available to you. Um, is there anything else that you want people to know before we wrap up? Yeah, you can do this. You really can. I promise. <laughs> Thank you. I think so many people need to hear that. So many neurodivergent people have been told throughout their lives that they can't do this, that something's wrong with them. Um, and I think it's really empowering to hear from a potentially neurodivergent organizer, like, look, I do this for my job and if I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I came to this job because I was trying to overcome my own difficulties. So it is definitely possible. That's amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Andrea. I can't even tell you how much I appreciate all of your advice and your wisdom. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify, leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, and tune in next Saturday for another amazing episode.